opportunity to worship, praise, and and, uh, just listen to your word, listen to you speak to us in such a clear way. In such a um, faithful way, in a holy way, Father. You speak to us in our hearts. And that is the secret place for all of us. The place that we hold dear. Where we hold you dear. And Lord, we thank you for the ability, the opportunity, and the understanding that you've given us. That we can speak to you. And you can speak to us as friends. And we thank you Lord that we have laid down all uh, enmity toward you and you toward us. And now we can come together in fellowship without fear. And we thank you for that Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So uh, today I, I think I'll, I'll continue what we were speaking on yesterday. I'll do that next Saturday. Yeah. So we can uh, spend some time just uh, uh, going over that. I was thinking I said well if different people come on Sunday. They don't have the first part. Blah blah blah. So um, sometimes I do that. But I thought it wouldn't be too advantageous this time. But I thought I'd speak to you about what it means to go winting as they went. As they went. What does What's involved? in as they went not just uh, specifically for healing but this picture whenever we see pictures of uh, lepers and this is something that uh, sticks out in my mind the leper was always the person on the outside wanting to get in you know or you can look at it as a person that used to be on the inside and now they're outside see the leper was once involved in the life of of the community of of believers and this is so important for us to recognize the similarities here that we all carry somewhat of a a, a, I say a barrier uh, between us and other individuals there's always some kind of a wall there and uh, there's a perceived rejection you got me it's not it's not real it's not spoken this is something I believe that the enemy does he does it more successfully uh, in certain individuals than others but there's always this this um, thing in people's minds about haves haves nots uh, people that are in the in crowd that are are close and then the distant ones and all this Judas had that thing on him real bad you know uh, even at the last supper they always whenever anybody draws a picture at the last supper he's always sitting on the corner like <laughs> real drama you know oh boy I gotta go eat with them again you know like Ugh. you know so he's just just a little bad egg sitting on the outside but Jesus broke bread with him so Jesus included him in everything he just didn't want to be included and I think we can look at um, uh, those feelings sometimes that we have. You know, whenever you get involved in a new group of people, if you don't stay focused on what you're there for, you'll get involved in that little clicky kind of mentality. And, you know, you'll start seeing, uh, if you see other people get along together, you wonder what their, what their connection is. And always, you know, that kind of thing. And so if we don't really know who we are and know our place, and know that God has a place for us and keep focused on that we'll we'll always be uh that kind of separation thing you know that wall there that that likes to be kept there 
And so it's a good thing to stay focused and get involved in the life of your community, the life of the religious community to which you belong, the life of the uh, <coughs> school community, the life of your uh, your job. There are certain things that the job requires and and so there are ways to get along with people so that you can function and get the job done uh, sometimes if the the management invites people out to lunch go out to lunch with everybody you know learn to stay in the spirit of the group uh, as far as work is concerned but you don't have to get involved in the undercurrent and the the backbiting and that kind of thing that goes on sometimes too and so there is a a, a um, natural I think uh, resistance or a, a sensitivity I guess you could people say people have to being included versus excluded and so when when Jesus though when he shed his blood he shed his blood for everybody to be included there we're a part of his family we're a part of his kingdom and we have to accept that the blood is the final uh, and definitive answer on anything that we need from God has the blood purchased it has the blood given you access has the blood done total to, done its total work that it needs to do for you to enjoy what God has provided for you and so this is something that these lepers were about to experience because they had been on the outside. Uh, leprosy is a highly contagious disease. Uh, it's a viral disease. And we know that now, but back in the day they didn't know. They just knew and, and God knew it was contagious even before uh, others that began to work with people found out because he ordered those people be separated from everybody so that they didn't touch anyone and then pass it on that way and so many times you know people who have worked with lepers over the years uh, um, uh, one of the most prominent ones uh, Father Damien was a Jesuit and he worked in the island of Molokai and on the Hawaiian Islands and uh, he stayed immune to the disease for many many years he worked among the lepers and nobody could understand why he didn't get it at the, toward the end of his life though he did come down with leprosy but he worked among them for many many years ministering the sacraments and uh, helping them to get to know the Lord taking care of their daily needs etc etc and uh, somehow was immune to it for a very long time but it was a very highly contagious disease now they can vaccinate you and that kind of stuff against it but it was a, a pretty pretty bad death sentence at one time so the leper when he would come out into the street would have to announce himself by saying unclean and so you had to label yourself for the protection of other people so it was um, uh, um, uh, probably as far as diseases are concerned it ran the gamut of every uh, every definition of sin that God has has given in that it affects your body affects your soul affects your relationships so it, it kind of defined what sin was how the effect 
that it has on the individual. Not just uh, your physical man and your relationship with God, but your relationship with other people, you know, so forth and so on. So in that respect, you could say leprosy is a, a perfect definition of what sin does in a person's life. It will affect your relationships. People don't think it does, you know. Well, this is a, a, a victimless crime. That's one of the terms legal people like to give to things like pornography, prostitution, so forth. It's victimless. That means that, you know, people can get involved and there's no harm done because we're all consenting to it. But it harms your relationship with God. And so that's the most important thing for the Christian to realize. Anything that separates you from God is is highly, uh, it's not to be something to make excuses of. You repent of it and you, you make that right. You ask God to help you. You know, when you repent, you go to God with the, the, um, uh, the understanding or the desire that he would help you not do it anymore. So that's the difference between the Christian and say the person that keeps, you know, asking, you know, begging somebody's pardon. Oh, I'm sorry. And they have no intention to stop doing it. You know, there's a conviction there that if my life would be a lot better and, and I could share life with other people better if I didn't, if I wasn't a repeat offender, you know. And so what, what the blood of Jesus does, it empowers you to to choose a better path, a choose a better way of interacting with people and not have that negative interaction all the time. And so it's one of those things where, where leprosy it describes so much uh, as far as a human condition without God is concerned. So the leper really is a type of a person that's that's living a life without God, you know, without relationship and covenant with God. He's outside of the covenants of promise he's outside of the blessings of God and he's outside of of um, I would say uh, healthy human interaction if you have to go up to everybody and pronounce yourself unclean uh, don't touch me I'm not fit there's something wrong with me and it can get on you you see that was it was a self-condemnation and don't we all live in that before we get to know the Lord you know and then you can pick that up sometimes it doesn't leave and go too far from you because the devil is there the minute you do something wrong instead of you, know, you getting an understanding of repentance and forgiveness and restoration you'll get an understanding of oh how horrible I am and you know that that mentality to uh, leprosize yourself <laughs> whatever you know confer that condemnation on yourself it's just always there and so as we walk with God we can walk outside of that uh, and it doesn't mean that if you when you're in covenant with God you're not desiring to have better relationships with God and man you want to have improved interactions with people you want things to go better you want to win people for God you want to have uh, when people leave your presence you want them to to be glad they met you or glad they had that talk with you or glad they they had that so so we want a good report about ourselves we don't want to keep uh, thinking of ourselves as unclean or declaring ourselves unclean or standing aloof from people feel like we never fit in you know and many of us have that sometimes because of of mentality growing up 
the way we've been uh, processed things. You know, on Saturday we talked about the haters assigned to our lives. A certain level of self-hatred is present in every individual. Just because we've all sinned and come short of God's glory. There's a way to, uh, the way the enemy sets our minds up and processes that wrong to help destroy us. And so when we come to the Lord, we have to get cleansed. Washed in the blood. That washing uh, in his blood. Our sins are atoned for. But we have to be cleansed as well. There's something in people that has to click to know that they're cleansed. You know it's not just an automatic thing and you can't confess your way into it. You can receive it by faith. But then you got to fight the good fight of faith to hold on to it. And you're talking about a fight when you're trying to establish yourself as a new creature and a new identity and new promise. Oh, man the devil will fight you tooth and nail for everything. Uh, I was listening to Todd White's testimony about you know the family members that just refuse to have anything to do with him and and some of the people have been praying for him to get saved now that he's saved they don't want (laughs) you know sometimes another person's weakness can show up show that can reveal the weakness in everybody you know it's how we respond to people's weakness that always identifies us and nails us and it'll condemn us if we are not careful and you'll be condemned right along with that weakness that they have because it exposes weakness in everybody you know what do you do when you see somebody who has a bad habit that they can't break and continue to do it you know, do you pray for them, leave them, mind your own business? Or do you stand there and watch it and want to condemn them, put them in a category? And see, it, that, that exposes who you really are then. That's, that's what they did to him. They saw what he was before he was saved. And they see the change now and they're trying to say it's not real. Yet their blood bought and theirs is real. But somehow his is real. You kind of you mess up and condemn yourself if you're not careful. Watching other people's stuff. You know you're supposed to be watching your own stuff. And uh, making sure that your relationship with God is everything it's supposed to be. Instead of condemning people for their faults. But that's church people for you. You know if, if we don't if we don't stay busy producing souls and good fruit for God we'll get busy uh, you know taking somebody's salvation away from them we're good at that we like to categorize people pigeonhole them and uh, do all kinds of things you know put our make our own judgment on everything and so we must be careful you know we do it because we have a sense of the righteousness of God inside of us but if you don't stay righteous with it you'll twist it and pervert it that judgment thing will start wanting to judge everybody according to your little standard than according to the flesh. So we have to watch ourselves with stuff like that. But you know aside from that there is a place inside of people that where it's easy for us to accept being rejected. And then you know have some kind of reaction to it. And so Jesus knows this about people. And it was just a a wonderful encounter that he had with these ten lepers. And so it's in Luke 17. If you'll turn there. It's um, 17 and verse 11. 
It came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the middle of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And that standing afar off talks about relationship with God. And you know what it doesn't matter if you're an obedient Christian. It doesn't matter if you're a disobedient Christian. It doesn't matter if your relationship with God is a close one. If it's a severed one. If it's an estranged one. Whatever. But when you can call upon the name of the Lord anytime you need to. For salvation. See God's God's uh, arm is not shortened that he can't reach down and save. No matter what pit we've kind of gotten ourselves into you know. And so when God reaches down and reaches out to us. He hears that cry. So he heard these ten lepers even though they were afar off. Because God responds to the desires of your heart. He responds to faith. And these men were determined to get the Lord's attention. And so they got it. And so it says they lifted up their voices and said Jesus master have mercy on us. Man have mercy. Have mercy. It's good to go to God understanding that it's his mercy that's going to rule his heart. You know you can't go to him with your credentials. And you know your little faith confession that doesn't work with God. Now that might help you. I would say if, if you're sick you need to confess you're healed until you believe it. And the symptoms leave. That confession's good for you. But when you talk to the Lord there has to be a connection that you make with him heart to heart. You got me? Uh, No jargon, no phrases, no cute uh, faith phrases, nothing like that. But there must be a heart-to-heart connection between you and God in order for this to work. There has to be a connection through relationship. Not through uh, ritual, not through works, not through anything. But this is how faith operates. Faith is a connection between uh, God and man in which uh, man is transformed. You can't be transformed by little phrases, jargon, works. And you can't fool God either. He knows how you feel. He knows what ails you. And he's looking to see something inside of you that's reaching out to him in trust that's reaching out to him in love and reaching out to him in confidence you have to reach out to him the right way so whenever we see Jesus responding to people we know one thing they reached out to him the right way and so that's what these these ten lepers have done they reached out to him the right way and so this is kind of an interesting situation because it's a group healing yeah so we never saw Jesus really do that before but we know now that the power of God can work to heal groups of people and if you look at it in light of the way believers function in God's kingdom that's the way we come in don't we God sees us as a mass of humanity needing a savior and that anybody who cries out can receive and and there's no discrimination so what that means is that he kind of saw them as one voice and he received that one voice that one heart cry as covering everybody in the group 
Isn't that wonderful? Like he couldn't pick one when all they all lifted up their voices, one voice. He couldn't say, Now was that Joe? Did did Joe say he wants some or did was that Steve? I can't tell who hollered the loudest. So he said, Ah, oh, just everybody come on over here at all. Yeah, come on over everybody and you can receive what I have. That's a wonderful thing about you know, our, our altar call. There's never anybody who's told when they come up that they don't qualify. Isn't that wonderful? And so God is that way. He's not trying to find the haves and the haves nots. He's trying to get everybody in to the kingdom and get them in on this new covenant. So he says when they lifted up their voices and said Jesus master have mercy on us. And he saw them and said to them. Go show yourselves to the priests. And it came that as they it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? That's about the that's about your response quotient that you'll get, you know. You get about a ten percent positive response from people because people tend to take their healing and go their merry way. You got me? Like when people come up <clears throat> say like in a in a meeting like a Benny Hinn crusade, you can't get everybody up there to give their testimony. So it'll probably be a, a you know like around ten percent of the people that that have been healed that will come up and give a testimony. Even when you have a small meeting, sometimes there are some people that just don't want to say anything. <laughs> that kind of thing. But I believe it's proper to thank the God that provided that for you, you know, and not just take it like something that belongs to you or something you're entitled to. And Jesus said there was this just this one guy and he's a Samaritan. In other words, he's not somebody who's familiar with the law. He's not somebody even under the old covenant. This man's a total stranger to the things of God. And this is the way we sometimes need to come to God, just like a total stranger. I don't have anything to recommend myself. I'm not here based on, you know, you know, God remember my good deeds and pay me off for it and healing. That's not proper. You know, you get healed by faith like you did anything else by faith, not by your credentials or good works. And so he says, they're not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. When he said stranger, he's a stranger from the covenants of promise or the covenants of God. And he said, go, arise, go your way. Your faith have made you whole. Now here we got cleansed in verse 17. Then we got sozo. In verse 19. And that's what we want verse 19. You want to go from cleanse to whole. See when you're born again you're cleansed. But that's just the beginning of it. You got to be made whole. And so wenting is what makes us whole. Huh? Wenting is what makes us whole. Everybody who's born again has something that they are being uh, uh, 
redeemed from, restored from, being made whole from every day of your life. And that you obey God. The power of God is working in you to make you whole. To restore you. To get you to the place where your faith will work in any area for any need for any problem that you have God is constantly continually working on the inside of us to make us whole you got to believe that if you don't believe that you're going to think that you've got enough understanding of God because you don't think you you don't perceive you need anything well it's been a long time since I did anything really bad that I need to talk to God about you know so I must be okay you know that kind of thing but we're all winting folks we're all being healed as we went or as we go. <laughs> so what's with the wenting thing? What's with the wenting process? In wenting, you're on the outside looking in. You're on the outside of some things and you want in. For instance, there are a number of requests and prayers that we've made to God that haven't been fulfilled yet. So really, we're on the outside of that promise right now. Wanting to get inside so we can receive everything that God has for us. If you've got everything you need from from God, can you please come by my house and put your excess on my doorstep so I... (laughs) And the reason we haven't received it all yet is because of things internal in us that are being adjusted that are being aligned so that our faith will work in a greater dimension our expectation will work in a greater way our hope will increase toward God and then we can be employed by God in a greater fashion this is the thing it's that God employment that we want it's not only about what you're going to eat what you're going to drink what you're going to wear and what you're going to park in your garage So we'll get beyond understanding just basic human needs and understanding that there's a kingdom dynamic and a kingdom purpose involved here. That God is working in us. Then we'll begin to understand more and and be more patient with ourselves and more expectant of God to do things in our lives. We won't get bored serving God and you know get dormant and oh well you know it's same old same old and not really looking forward to times when we meet with God or looking forward to the things of God that we're involved in, you know our job in God, our work in the ministry that should be fresh, new and exciting all the time. Uh you know some of us we've been doing this long enough, we find that if we get this routineness in us about we get alarmed and we say yeah let me pray about this and see what else God will open up that we can do to expand the ministry to reach more people to do all those things come this is part of the wenting process folks do you keep wenting or do you stop mm-hmm. stopping stops the process doesn't it it says as they went they were healed. Not as they went and stopped as they went and did anything or as they, they, they uh, thought about it and, and looked and saw that they didn't like the road they were on or you know they needed a new pair of shoes for the long journey or something like that. They just went. Got me? You just went. And so there's something to wenting that we need to understand. First of all, uh, we we make room for anything that we have in God. Our 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 
the process of being made whole which we're speaking about we're not just talking about physical healing though it can be but the process of being made whole being made back to what God initially created you to be the the restoration process being made whole involves an exercise of our faith you've got to have the faith to ask God for what you need you got to have faith to expect him to tell you not something you can't do but something you can do give you something very simple to do it's not you know he's not going to tell you to give enough money to break your bank he's not going to tell you to do something extraordinary that's really going to put you out so you refuse to do it but these will be simple things uh, that you can do if you will obey him so when he says go show yourselves to the priest that is a simple instruction that he gave to these these uh, ten men <clears throat> to get them in motion for coming out of rejection and coming into kingdom life. So you're coming out of something that's been very restricting for you. I don't know about you but when I was a sinner uh, nothing worked right in my life. It, you know at the end of every happy thought there was a depressing one because it was you know boy I don't know how I'm going to get this done you got me even simple things after a while <clears throat> you, your life is fraught with uh, uh, what ifs you know and the what ifs get to be very very real and so we, we can look at our lives in God as a life of, of very limited possibilities but when we get involved in kingdom life there's unlimited possibilities and so the first thing that we have to do is go and show not go and hide see the lepers were were accustomed to standing back away from people uh, when when it got dark they would come out sometimes they didn't go into the marketplace they didn't so the last thing the leper wanted to do was show himself to somebody they were usually kept in the background I can remember and this is something that baffles me I don't even I don't see how people can get this idea that they just want to be upfront people in ministry all the time but when God told me I would have to to minister it made me very nervous see when the call comes from God there's something different that transpires in you you when God tells you something that lifts you up you feel even smaller and smaller and smaller you got me you don't you don't just want to jump up and start doing things and telling people how to live their life laying hands on people you've never seen before you don't just want to jump there's some twisted when people want to do that without some kind of fear of God on the inside God how am I going to learn how what am I who's going to teach me I don't see people I, I, I see so many people have come in here over the years just bypass the learning that was the first thing I asked God God I don't know anything about how, who's going to show me how to do this where do I go to school I thought you had to sign up for a school to, you know what I'm saying and I'm not saying you don't but there are things God teaches you in, in his time with you and there are te- things that he will send other teachers to you to teach you how to submit and to trust him to work through other people all that he takes care of but this business of jumping up half cocked and, and just want to tell people want to prophesy to people as important as that is to people it's just beyond me but there is something about God's instruction to you 
that is sobering on the inside. But in that instruction it also takes care of all the problems and difficulties that are keeping you where you are. See the instruction is what you want. You want to hear from God what to do. But don't we fear it? Aren't we scared? That's the very thing we're scared of. Oh boy, maybe God's going to tell me to do this. Or he's going to tell me to do that. Or he'll tell me to do the other. So we're definitely afraid of the instructions of God. But when we, when we get that instruction, if we would just dare ask him. Once you ask him, then he's committed to inform you. And once you're informed, then you're committed to obey. So first of all, in Winting, you have to have specific instruction from God. Not a generic instruction. Not an everyday instruction. But there will be specific instruction from God for how to get you from outside to in. Whether it's outside of a promise you're looking for, to inside of receiving that promise. If it's outside of healing that you need, you got this wenting process takes you from outside to in. We are all wenting every day of our lives. Always. So we make room for whatever it is that we need by the exercise of our faith. So when you take the faith walk every day, you are wenting. To restore yourself to what God called you to be. To restore yourself to your place in relationship with him. It's not just quote unquote ministry all the time. But ministry flows out of relationship. You got to have that in place. So we please God when we use our faith. When we ask for healing. We don't really understand all that that entails. Just like when we ask for salvation, we don't understand all that that entails. Who would have thought most of us who got saved, think about when you confessed Christ all that time ago, that you would be where you are now. Could you have envisioned your life that far ahead? We just thought we were making a prayer and getting the sweat off of us, you know, getting the heat off, you know, a fire insurance policy. In case we need it, I, got, I, I confess Christ. So we don't. He doesn't tell us process. Process is something you experience. It's not something that you're, you, you understand. But you have to experience it. So we don't understand everything that it entails. But we see ourselves as being free. And basically everybody sees themselves as being free of any kind of limitations. That are on our life at the present time. So if if when you're saved, if you you know if you smoked or cussed or something like that, you see yourself free of that as a new creature in Christ. But that's about all we see. We always see through a glass darkly, don't we? We don't see much of what God has for us. And so as we daily obey God, that's the winting process for us. This daily obedience to God. And then obedience to specific things that God gives us to do as part of our life as believers. There's a believer's life as well. So there's a personal life.
of a saved person that we're winting. We're developing into the character of Christ. That's very important. You know, you you're developing uh, his fruit of trustworthiness and faithfulness, consistency in that. You know, where God can depend on your character. So the character develop comes through the winting process. What also comes through the winting process is the freedom that comes when your soul is loosed from the the binding of it that happened through your your upbringing and so forth. That's why you know we used to we used to let Christians get on the couch so to speak, but now we think it's a joke, don't we? You know, I, well, you know, I grew up in this kind of when I was growing up, so and so. When you're a new Christian, you can pull that on people because you don't know any better. But once you come into a knowledge of God, and you know, some people you don't say that around certain kinds of people because you get around some of these hardcore deliverance people, and you tell them you got a bad. <laughs> everybody pray in tongues, and you get, you know, they give one way or the other. God's people will get rid of that thing for you. And uh, in that kind of stuff, but you know, we are we are being set free from our former selves every day. You're stepping out of one shell and stepping into it, like you're disrobing and re-robing every day. Every turn that God makes, you're disrobing and re-robing. You're you're shedding that old uh, separation between you and God and you and people, and you're getting to be more people friendly, more uh, nice to be around. You know that kind of thing that that people are drawn to you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so that drawing then is is evidence of the winting process is. Is you know active. Some people are are um, uh, get elevated to a place where the types of people that are drawn to you changes. You know the uh, you know everybody's always seeking in, in the world of preacherdom. All the preachers are always seeking to be part of. So and so and so and so's ministry or their inner circle, you know that kind of thing. But when you're winting, you don't have to campaign and and pay a tenth of everything your poor little church makes in order to be accepted by brother so and so. You're accepted in the beloved of God, and then God will start to elevate you to the level where there are certain kinds of people are drawn to you. There's a certain influence that you have in the world. In the winting process. You just let God work on you. And in your place in his kingdom will be established. You know, you you'll you'll see that with with different things. Like sometimes you'll you'll have to be taken out of your comfortable element to understand exactly where God has you placed and how you're stationed and what you what your what your gift development of your gift has brought to you. You know, you you'll begin begin to understand those things. Uh, some people uh, say, for instance, uh, uh, like Shannon and the work that she does uh, is able to work with a lot of people who are ministers and administrators and, and people like that. See, that's the level that her wenting process has gotten her to. See, and that level you have to respect that that's a level that God has called you to and there's a process that got you there and if you stay in the process it'll maintain it for you if you step out of the process if you would ever think and say wow look at what God's done for me I'm doing this this and this and this and stop the process 
You got to keep winting in order for that process to continue. So if you if you keep winting and that process continues, you'll be able to maintain. You'll also be able to increase, and you'll be able to be flexible. In that you're not always, well I can't work for so and so, they're not a minister. That's not what winting does for you. Winting keeps you in a place where you understand what God wants you to do. and uh, But he, you understand also that he judges you trustworthy to work with certain levels and groups of individuals. I think above all she would want to work with people who will pay their bill. Got me, and so <laughs> so this is important as well. You got me, <laughs> but but there is a process where you you've been judged faithful to work with people who are have more responsibility in God's kingdom. See, you work with the people who have high levels of responsibility, and that's always a good thing. And you bring you add something to what they they do. You know that you're a plus to them, not a minus, and so. <clears throat> But there is always a process. There is a healing process and a restoration process that we go through. So uh, when we when we are winting, we begin to see ourselves being free of all limitations and restored. So there's always a process to that. Whenever God responds to us. As we exercise our faith and calling upon him and our prayer whatever. He puts us in process. So we're all in process. And there is specific obedience required to get the process initiated and for the process to continue. We already said it's not just any obedience. You know our 12 steps and our well let me put on my walk man because my leg ain't feeling good. You know sometimes they're specific. I mean if, if you know you need your walk man on put it on okay. But and don't say well it's not the word's not going to work with this one. I need something else. Don't be stupid. But I'm talking about specific instructions from God that complete the wenting process. Sometimes God will just give you something to do out of nowhere almost it's and it'll set you on a totally different course than you've been on thus far and that's part of winting too part of winting is being open to what God tells you to do no matter what so the voice of God will always put you in process so the first thing Jesus told them when he saw them when he said hmm I think these boys could benefit from some winting (laughs) go show Go show yourselves to the priest. Now there is a corporate anointing and there is an individual one. And you will see it work in both these. Okay, Corporate anointing is when you go show. Part of your wenting is to go to your local assembly where God's called you to. Not jumping around from one to another. When I was when I was a new Christian, they called people like that cruisomatics uh, instead of charismatic. Well, I was doing the charismatic uh, move of the spirit, and they instead of charismatics, they were cruisomatics. And so if uh, you know, and I, it was typical sometimes for you to go to a Bible study or something. You were hungry. You were hungry for God, and if people will ask you what church you belong to, and you say, "Well, I haven't." I say, "Oh, you're cruisomatic," and you knew there was something, so you knew you needed needed to go sit yourself down somewhere and stay put you got me ask God to give you a permanent place where you can grow uh, because if you keep uprooting yourself you won't grow 
It's like a plant. You keep repotting it and digging the roots up and disturbing the roots. It won't grow. And so when you're when you're uh, set, you're set there for growth purposes. So that's part of your winting process is is to to establish yourself and get yourself uh, rooted and grounded. So their their group command. So you could say the ten of them represent the congregation of believers, and that word went out to everybody that was in earshot. And so all of them obeyed the word and that's a blessing because you seldom get a congregation of people where everybody gets up and does what uh, what the instruction says you know sometimes you'll get people who are looking for the next word from God so they can accomplish something they'll incorporate and keep going that's the best way to live for God you won't ever be slow on a blessing you need you won't be slow with your bills getting paid you won't be but you know some people sit him and haw and debate and that kind of stuff and so so you know you don't want to be like that. You want to be like these guys. So they up and immediately obeyed the instruction of God. And so Jesus told them all to go show yourselves to the priests. And they all went. So it, it says it came to pass as they went they were cleansed. So the group say for instance they all they all heard the word and maybe there's in that group a little reluctance to obey what does he mean go show myself to man that priest that's the dude i'm trying to stay away from he the one that chases me out of everything which was his job you see oh that priest he hard on people he don't tell me to do something i can well i'm not clean so i can't say but i think as one person obeyed the other obeyed they saw each other being able to so that's the benefit and the blessing of a congregational flow because there is a testimony and an evidence of the reward of obedience in a group of people. See if nobody's obeying the word we get problems. But somebody is always going to be there to receive something from God and will get up and obey the word. And as they obey the word they get the results and they come back with the testimony and the others see it and they can follow suit. So that's the benefit of the corporate flow. And the corporate obedience. The corporate instruction that goes out. That tells people to just <clears throat> believe that God will bless them. And God has treasure for them. And all that kind of stuff. You know you'll you'll have one or two come back and tell you. You know when you said so and so and so and so was going to happen this week. Somebody's going to tell you about a good opportunity. And see what happens though is that word if it's believed sometimes it works in people and they disconnect themselves from having heard it and they just focus so much see we're so desperate for the blessing aren't we we're so eager to get the results we don't ever tie it in to anything that's been spoken to us and obeyed and all this kind of stuff so that's why Jesus would take people aside and explain to them how stuff happens because he knows once we get stuff all we care about is stuff and we don't care we'll be in the same hole we were in before when we needed the stuff so bad and seldom really learn how to apply these principles in everyday life so we can live the life of faith see if faith is faith if you have to hear it every time before you go out and respond to it that's faith but if you can hide it in your heart 
and draw it up in time of need that's faith too and so Jesus wants us to be able to draw it up and if we get in the tight we can hear it that's fine but draw it up and you'll be able to live the life of faith and then your life will be a testimony to others so he said go show yourselves to the priest go means leave where you are because it's not a blessing where you are the problem oftentimes is location for us we're in a state we're in a condition mentally physically emotionally all of that we just need to get up and go and leave that leave it right there where it is and get into a new mindset so the going or the winting means to leave that state in your soul the first change that must take place in the winting process is it has to take place in your mind huh? You've got to make a decision that you're going to obey and leave that. You're going to have faith in God. He told me to get up and go. I better get up and go. I better leave this. I better leave this condition. So there must be a decision. Metanoia. This Greek word that means you change your mind. That is the essence of repentance. It's a mental change. People think it's, you know, why well, well, I got to be wrong all the time. Confess, I said that already. You know, it's a, you got to have a change of mind. I thought I was right. Now I realize I'm wrong. See, I thought that place was right for me. But now I realize it's wrong for me. And so that change of mind has to take place before the winting can take place. Other than that, you'll just be into works. Your feet will be making the steps, but your heart is not in it. See? The way the heart gets in it is the mind must change about it. You have to make a decision. Boy, Jesus told me I gotta leave this. It must not be right for me. Or maybe it was right for me at one time. I've been here too long. Maybe it's right for somebody else, but it's not the place he's called me to right now in my life. So we have to accept his decision on these things. And we must us to move we got to get up out of that and go someplace else sometimes with God is any place he don't care just move y'all so there has to be a man there has to be a decision made to go a different way and I think maybe some of them were slow in making the decision some of them were pretty quick in it but they all made the decision to go a different way and to obey that specific word from God to go that way I'm going to read you a little something I was trying to to get the essence of um, Lillian Yeomans did a teaching on as they went and uh, for those of you who listen to the healing breakthrough you'll know it's on there but Uh, she gives her testimony so I'm going to share her testimony with you about how this scripture came to life to her and I think we need to understand that whenever we're winting the scriptures must come to life for us it cannot be some religious ritual uh, thing that you just do and you just say God's got accepted anyway that is not winting you got to go under the power go forth under the power of the word of God that he speaks to you specifically so 
the what she says here uh she was talking about she's read the scriptures she's talking about um all of the lepers got healed the fact that they all got healed and she says that this scripture verse was once brought home to me and this is she's been healed uh and saved 35 years at the time she's written this and she's talking about her desire to go and show now we'll talk about what go and show also means to we'll, we're talking about the going process now we'll talk about the showing process in a minute she said this scripture verse was once brought home to me with great force during a time of fierce testing God has made provision for us to pass every test folks don't be afraid of testing testing just means that you know if your faith is going to hold up or not it's just like sitting on a chair if you if you touch a chair before you sit on it and it wobbles a little bit you just can't plop down in it and you might have a surprise at the bottom of the floor <laughs> but you test it to see what kind of strength it has so that's all that's happening with us with our faith you know we get these words stuck in our head we scared of them you're, it, whether you're scared of it or not your faith will be tested folks so, you know don't ever take it for face value she said I was working in a government office and also holding a number of meetings a week and my eyes failed under the continuous strain I felt sure now listen to this she has her own way out I felt sure that I could secure a prolonged leave of absence with salary so her her answer to her condition was to just not work so hard which is could work but it's not God's you see the difference the difference is God's answer is going to be best for all things considered see when you're not feeling well all you think about is what's going to work for you what's going to get this off of me quick what's going to help me the fastest and so she her mind immediately shot to well I just relax my eyes from the eye strain and she said I was sure I could secure a prolonged leave of absence with pay <laughs> so she taking a mental or whatever they take so you know people had them things in different yeah, medical whatever I call them mentals because I think that's crazy but anyway I've been crazy before so I would know a little something of talking to an authority here she said six months she said she could get six months or even longer so she knows the paperwork she knows the routine by making application in the proper quarter but I prayed earnestly before doing so underline the word earnestly so that means she didn't just shoot a prayer up and say well God I ain't heard from God yet he must mean I can take a mental she said to my surprise check this out she works in healing ministry right she's surprised the healing of the ten lepers was brought vividly to my consciousness and on reading the passage now this is very important God will tell you or quicken a scripture to you you better go read it you need to go read it because many times we'll get a scripture inside of us and we'll start quoting it quoting it back at God no you need to go investigate and see what essence there is in that scripture that you need for now she said and on reading the passage the words as they went stood out from the page as though they were for me personally 
This is how you get your answer from God. So certain was I of this that I abandoned all idea of applying for leave and was almost instantaneously relieved. of. See when she threw out plan B, plan A had a chance to work. How many plan B's do we have that we're still trying to make them work and they're not working for us? That's not winting. Your own answer is never winting. You need to go to God and get some fresh breath on whatever promise he has you know. So she said I was almost instantaneously relieved of all trouble in using my eyes. But it happened as I went. So winting for her involved what like she said I abandoned my plan. So you have to abandon your own way of doing things and pick up God's way. You can't mix a little bit of you in and mix a little bit of God in and think that's going to work. You'll create a monster for yourself. And she said it happened almost instantaneously. She abandoned and when she dropped plan B she made a decision not to go that way. So her healing and the same thing with these lepers. Theirs began immediately when they made the decision to obey God. They said when they when as they went they were healed. He said go show yourselves to the priest. They didn't even get to the priest yet. But they were healed as they went. And so the in the process is in going showing yourself to the priest you must be free from symptoms before he can pronounce you clean. So Jesus knew what was going to happen as they went. But they had to do some winting. And so the thing is to go and show themselves to the priest. And so that word show then comes up as next. To show means to demonstrate the word of God. You demonstrate the word of God. When you go winting in your life with God you are demonstrating his word. You're speaking his word. When people have doubts around you or they have sickness around you. What do you show? Do you go show? Or do you just pipe down? You don't want to offend anybody. You want to upset anybody. And so that showing means to demonstrate that word that God has entrusted to you. To show also means to confess the word. When we're winting, uh, uh, in as far as physical healing, we confess the word. When you're winting, as far as your your restoration, your soul restoration is concerned, you confess the word. When doubt comes to your mind, no, God said He was going to do this. He promised to supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. To show means to begin to talk like it's true. To call those things that be not as though they are. And to let people know that you are trusting in God. So these are all expressions of our faith. Giving your testimony. We want to go show. Don't be shy about sharing what Christ has done for you. Witnessing for him. Demonstrating his power. Telling somebody I want to pray for you. God will do this for you. We serve a good God. He wants to heal you. He wants to help you. All of that is the go. That's the winting process. To go under the instruction of God. And do what he tells you to do. Learning how to make the appropriate comment. In conversation. To wait for the leading and the unction of the Holy Spirit. That's all part of the winting process. 
Those things make us whole. Those things add confidence in God to us. They don't cause us to shrink back but they cause us to be more confident. Allow God to use you to glorify him. That's part of the winting process. If you, if you possess certain things. Show means to bring those things out. Somebody needs them. You got me? Uh, oftentimes if, if my closet's tight. You all know I always empty my closet out. And, and share it with the saints. First order business, take care of the household of faith. Don't get stupid, folks. You understand what I'm saying? When when you're kind of like aloof from God's people and you're looking someplace else, you you cease winting already. And God's people are special to him. And he he the Bible talks about that. If you do good, and especially those to the household of faith. You, you got to take God, care of God's people. That's a priority with him. It should be a priority with you. To talk him up. To show what he's done. Those things are part of the winting process. And to stay under God's authority. They did not deviate from obeying Jesus until they got to the priest. Some of them when they saw they were healed on the way. Stopped to give God glory. See, This is something that's very very important. Whatever God's done for you, that thanksgiving for that has to be a con- this. This should be a constant reminder to you to give God thanks and to glorify Him. See this leper. I'm sure there were some probably the Jews in the crowd. I'm imagining to them the priest was the final word on that was natural for them go show yourselves to the priest so they were on their way and felt that once they got to the priest that's what they were looking at he was their focus he was their the law this guy represented the law and if I could get past him that's the most important some of us are focused on people way more than on God you got me Passing the people test. Nervous around people. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? Am I acceptable to people? Still on the outside looking in until we can get past the people test. But this Samaritan who was a stranger to the covenants of promise. Looked at himself as he as he went. Everybody's looking toward the priest, and he's looking. So <laughs> checking this out. I'm gonna see what if anything's happening here. And as he looked in confidence to God, he saw that he was healed, and he stopped to give God thanks. He said, "No, nah, a man is not going to get the glory over God. I'm gonna thank God. I'll talk to the priest later. He's gonna see this." But right now I need to thank God for what I have. It's a principle of getting anything we need from God. If you give him thanks while you're in process before it's done before you get it he'll let you have it. And he recognized that God had done something for him. He was looking for God to do something for him. He was looking to God not to man to confer acceptance upon him. It's a big difference. The Bible says if your ways please God he'll cause even your enemies to be at peace with you. So the pleasing God aspect of wenting is very important for us to keep in mind. It will be the difference between total success and disappointment and failure. Because if you don't put God above man it's not that he wasn't going to 
go to the priest and then he didn't honor the priest but God comes first amen honoring God comes first at all times and in Jesus knew that when the priest would say they were okay they would know God did it but nobody was God minded enough to think that God can do this anywhere anytime any place and I don't have to wait until I get there in order to say for somebody to pronounce me healed either way around you're healed but what's your consciousness what do you who do you think is really responsible for your life do you see man as bigger than God or do you see God as bigger than man and the winting process will put that in proper perspective for you so when we go and show we're to present ourselves and the priest always represents spiritual authority that must be respected because the priest had the authority to give them permission for congregational activity again so the authority of God's church gives the believer permission so to speak for congregational interaction if you don't please somebody's pastor you won't have much life in the congregation you're in you don't obey the rules you don't abide by what you're told to do there 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 has to be an expectation there Uh, if you're not a giver if you refuse to give you're not going to be there very long you still feel like an outsider you'll never see these are things that 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 we do to honor those in authority that bring acceptance to us you're not trying to man please you're not trying to buy your way into anything but it's a matter of honoring the rules and regulations of that place so that you can get the benefit of being a part of things there i can remember uh years ago uh i would uh, there was a, a young woman that uh had you know she was saved but kind of worldly you know kind of flipping around and and uh was seeing some guy and got pregnant and uh, uh thought about having an abortion but she had started working in the the um video ministry thank god for little jobs around the church you know they can kind of keep you connected in a good way because i thought to myself i said you know that little ministry she had really saved her life because she uh the guy who was in charge of that ministry uh she confided it to him and and he told her he said well you're not going to get rid of that baby that's murder you can't do that god's not pleased with that and he talked to her and convinced her to have the baby which was you know embarrassing being in the church and so forth and so on but through the time that she was in the church she totally believed in tithing and throughout the whole time that she she eventually quit going to church out of embarrassment but she saved her tithe she never spent it she continued to save it and send it to the church and that connection of staying under authority she had a healthy baby she's a a, that baby probably is what about 25 30 years old right now healthy uh, having a normal life all of those things happen because she never lost total connection with God's authority in his church and that's extremely important some people do it through their giving they you know you'll see sometimes people who are uh, can't come to church sick and shut in so to speak what they call them they will still send their tithes and offerings to the church 
so that they have a connection with spiritual authority you know and it's not like you're buying anything but this is how you honor God's structure God's authority and you honor God and then God's blessing will come on your life you'll need to go to the elders of the church if it's a sickness you need to stay connected some kind of way because if, if you if you'll do that then the blessing that you need when you need prayer for something will come upon you in a great way and I'm not saying everybody respects that but if you do it and you do it with the intention of letting God know you're still connected to your fellowship that he's put made you a part of then that will work for you and I definitely saw it work for her because there was a time when you know people would say things like well you don't go to church you don't have to pay she's not paying she's honoring God you know if you're not in the service you don't have to give you're not going because you're getting something you're giving because you honor God and you don't ever want to break that connection with God and his system of blessing so when you're healed um, that then going to the priest also affirms and reaffirms what God has told you that's your confirmation when God's authority speaks and confers that blessing upon you that's your confirmation that God honors your prayer and honors what you're doing going to the priest I'm sure uh, was was um, a thing of fear for them because they've always avoided the priest you know some people are neurotically afraid of authority they never see authority as something good you know uh, even though you're going to be told to get in faith because you're not in faith you know your little whiny thing you whatever whatever but you know you'll get correction and that correction will bring you into line with your blessing what do you care as long as you get blessed see some people have it the horse before the cart they want an acceptance from man rather than the blessing of God that comes through man you got me there's a big difference we're looking for acceptance from man instead of the blessing of God that comes through man there's a big difference when we refuse to obey God's system of going to the elders of the church when we need prayer or when we are sick the Bible is explicit about that you bypass God's help so if you don't want God's help then don't but you have to go through his order his system and there's a reason people don't like going through authority there's a reason and so that requires a mind change just like the lepers they wanted a mind change and so and some people are comfortable being on the outside don't get me wrong they don't want to be included they like being it makes them feel special and exclusive but it really it's a deception of the devil you're not special because you don't need the pastor to pray for you that's to me that's just really stupid because you're bypassing God's God's order of things and God's system to keep you alive and healthy see and you'll you regret it at some point because you you won't have accustomed yourself to submitting to the priesthood you, you think you're out here and you think it's a, an intellectual thing it's not an intellect it's an order and it's a respect and it's authority and many times you know people that, that always bypass authority won't have much in their life 
So when you go to bind the devil, you find it doesn't work. When you go to pray, you know, your own little prayer before God, it'll take you forever to get one little thing. You'll run in saints that come to the altar all the time, get everything, and you'd be sitting up there for years waiting on nothing <laughs> because you bypass God's order and God's system. I remember, uh, uh, remember Chuck's cousin Demps, her nephew. Remember he got saved every time we had a meeting he he got saved all over again he's up at the altar and we well I think we were somewhere Sandy Brown was ministering she said well this young man needs to be counseled and we look at oh it's Demps again Demps again we counseled him so many times <laughs> but he made sure he was good in saved amen. And so there's no there's no shame in this game. The shame is when you when you bypass authority and you don't get you're not covered in situations in life because you refuse to obey that scripture. So going to the priest and staying under spiritual authority is a part a big part of winting. That's the priesthood, the minister is tied up in the winting process. That's your connection to God. That's your connection to the throne room of God. That's your obedience that you do. And if there's something in you that that wrinkles up at doing that, or just you know that turns something inside of you, uh, you need to keep winting until that thing leaves you alone. Because everybody's got some kind of rebellion in them. Where they don't like authority. They Everybody's had a bad experience with authority. We've all had it. You're going to have it in the future. Uh, not all your experiences are going to be good. Grow up. But understand that there's a good purpose to authority. Because in authority is that. It's power to help your life. And when your life really needs helping. Unless you're going to bypass God. I don't know how you're going to get help. Other than, than his system. People who sit at home and watch Christian television. Are not under authority. You can't be under authority. If you don't go and assemble yourselves. Together with other believers. There's no authority there. You're taking your chances. That, that you'll get a trickle. See it's the difference between eating crumbs off the table. And sitting down with the Father. It's the fellowship. It's the camaraderie. It's you having a place there. Instead of waiting till everybody's done and you go and lick up crumbs. That's the difference. Big difference. Big difference. I'd rather he wants you at the table whether you think you deserve to be there or not. Whether you're comfortable there or not. He wants you at the table. You sit at the table long enough. You'll be able to get comfortable there. Or not. Just just eat your meal nervous. Or, or some people, you know, when you get up from the chair, you sit in a little puddle because you were so nervous. You got me? But get through the meal. We have our fellowship meal in Cleveland. Uh, you know, sometimes... Uh, they let some of the people there's a couple, there's a little gentleman that has to leave early so they'll let them fix him a, a dinner before he goes and so I saw somebody who's been there for a while and they were standing you know wanting a flip and it was holding up the line so I had the girl stop preparing that well the person got upset and went home and all this kind of stuff so I made contact with him later on that day and explained what was oh I wasn't mad yes you were you know rule number one don't lie to yourself huh we all know you were angry because you didn't get your way so I explained to him that the purpose of the fellowship meal is fellowship 
and not carry out. And I said I discourage carry out at all times. I said because some people are not yet comfortable sitting down. They don't know that they're. It looks like maybe it's a clique or it's a a little party that they're not sure they're invited to. This is the Lord's table. This is God's provision. He's provided for everybody that came for the word. He provided food for them and fellowship and Christian company for them. Even if they ain't talking about what you like to hear. It's company. And for some people it's more than they get when they get home. A lot of people are afraid of going home because somebody's going to be mad at them because they went to church. And they don't want to go home because there's nobody there but the four walls. So this is something that God has provided for a purpose other than just eating. You get that when you do drive through. We don't do drive through here. We do fellowship here. Because this is what God intended. And so when you understand that. And so when I explained everything to them. They, I didn't get a response back. They had given me some little half excuse uh, but when I explained what we were doing and that's what I wanted an opportunity to let them know what we're trying to do here you know it's not all about the food it's about the fellowship and understanding God's provision understanding that your father is it has abundance and, and you need to see that you need to see Christians living that way you need to see that we can all live that way it's not just a, a few that have hyper faith and they're so wonderful and all that kind of stuff and live so close to God he provides it for everybody and so this is all part of of understanding what God has provided for us but uh, right relationship with the priesthood with the authority that God has put here on this earth to manage his people your pastor the prophet the apostle all of us are entrusted with the souls of men to manage your lives so that you have success in everything you set your hand to you're not ever lacking in any good thing that God has for you this is his way so can we let him conduct his business the way he wants to (laughs) we got to boss that around too you know some of us so bossy we get up in heaven the reason we ain't in heaven yet he got to take the bossy out of out of most of us huh i heard some old preacher joke you know i was at a luncheon with mostly men preachers you know they forget women are there he was telling some old joke i'm trying to think how this joke went he said well yeah there was a um a lineup something a lineup in heaven or all there was like all the Men were in line in heaven, and there was a line. There's one guy in the line, and there was this other line was full of men over, you know, on the other side. And one guy went and said, um, uh, "He said, what are you doing over here in this line?" And he said something like, "Well, I'm waiting for my wife to tell me where I'm supposed to go." <laughs> It was just a oh bad joke, oh bad joke. Wait for his wife to tell him where to go. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> or it was something like all the men who are henpecked come over here or come over here or something. He's just waiting for his wife to tell him where to go. But that's that's what God's doing. He's getting the part of winting is taking the bossiness out of us. Amen. Trying to call the shots on our own and submitting to God. Submission really means trust, folks means you don't have 
to do everything yourself. You ought to be tired of that by now. But you can relax and trust God's way because his way is best. Amen. All right, Father in heaven we thank you for the opportunity to understand your process of helping us to get through life. Not just get through it but to be blessed in it and to be prosperous in it. So we thank you Father for the blessing that comes with your eternal life package in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So we're if anybody needs prayer come on up. I'll pray her. <laughs>